Oh my god, this could be the start. Welcome back to another episode of I Saw You Liked This. You are here with Annabelle, myself, and Kavitha. Yay! <laughs> we are once again be excited back. Back? Be excited to be back here again. This week we are going to talk about... Uh, 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 spicing up your life. Where are you from? And how much of a loaded question that is. Mm-hmm. So the thing that we saw this week was the BBC, uh, I think it's a BBC Three yes. clip on, um, it's like this question game. Someone is getting interviewed and um, at the end of the interview, their interviewer asks this brown woman, where are you from? And it just ends up being this interesting back and forth. It seems like it's never ending. Yeah, but it's very well depicted of the situation, of what happens when when people are asked that question, I think. So I think they did it very well, just in a very comedic way. And they had like a tally of like how many times she could get him to ask the question again in like a different, in a different way. And then obviously the score went off the charts. It was amazing. So once again, we will yeah. link that video to the podcast and on Instagram so you can see it for yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it did such a good job of highlighting how loaded of a question that was because at the end, the only thing that the guy was asking was, you know, why are you brown? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> oh my God. The entitlement yes. of just demanding, like, why should you just know? Um, but yeah, how, how do you feel about that question, Annabelle? Um, personally, I hate it. <laughs> Quite simply. Um, it's just always, as you said, always such a loaded question. It's never what it means it seems to be on the surface um because I've had a lot of discussed this with a lot of friends like oh you know like what is so bad about that question because it's it does seem quite innocent like oh you know where are you from but the question is in my mind it's an assumption that I am not from here that's how it comes across because the the only people that get asked that question are people of color in in Britain anyway. Um, so no, no one ever goes up to a white person and is like, where are you from? Unless they have, um, I don't know, like a different accent to like, say you're in the South and they have like a Northern accent. It would, but it would not usually be like, oh, where are you from in Manchester? Or like, where are you from mm-hmm. in Liverpool? It's never just flat out where are you from? And they're always, exp- in my experience, they're always expecting to hear you say like, oh, I was born in um I don't know, for me, it would be like an African country. And then I came over here when I was like 15. And now, now I'm, you know, now I live in the UK. But I ne- that's never the answer that they get, because obviously, that's not, that's not the case. I'm usually like, I don't know, it's just hard, hard to respond to. So, so I usually I've now gotten used to responding with a question. So that when they say, where are you from? I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean? 
by that do you mean where am I where was I born or where do I live now and they're always like oh they're like where were you born and I'm like Cambridge (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like shit yeah yeah. (laughs) they're like oh shit that's not what I wanted to know I wanted to know why she was brown and (laughs) where her brown originates from (laughs) yeah um and so yeah it usually and then they you know ask like but where are your parents from or your grandparents from and it just goes on and on much like the the bbc one so yeah to sum up i don't like the question (laughs) what about you that's very fair i don't think that i have an inherent problem with the question i think it's a lot of the follow-up of the question that bothers me or like the tone in which the question is asked and i know like obviously for me like i have the accent that i do and people kind of just are intrigued and like you said like if someone has a different accent you kind of asked that a little bit more um but one of my friends who is uh who is white has said that they when they get asked that question because they're Irish and it always seems to be about like they get asked the question and the person asking seems to have like an anecdote about the connection to the place that this person's from so it's not even necessarily about getting to know a person it's about trying to prove that you know something about something else yes Um, oh my gosh that's happened so so it's really interesting and I think I don't really particularly love the question that much either and when I was working so I used to work in a coffee shop I used to be a barista back in the day so much fun by the way (laughs) um honestly I'm so grateful that I did that job because I learned so much about life and stuff through that but also we all loved your coffee art Proceed. <laughs> I, I, took for a lot of pride. Yeah. I took a lot of pride in doing that it was beautiful. but something that I so I used to get asked di- like daily like where are you from <clears throat> and it was like how much do you really need to know about the person making your coffee I mean like yeah okay making conversation is nice and trying to make friends with the people that are in these spaces is is important because obviously they're real human beings you know but at the same time, it's the entitlement that came with the question of like demanding to know that not only is this a person who is working in the service industry and therefore providing you with a service and you feel entitled to their time and space in that moment, mm. but also the fact that it's like a brown woman in that space. Yeah. And therefore there was like levels of entitlement to just access whatever space it is that I occupy. And I think that is where it became really difficult because on the surface like you said it's so innocent and it's actually one of the first things that we ask somebody when you meet them for the very first time yeah but it's it's the tone and sometimes I'm just like how much do you really how how much much time do you have (laughs) you better sit down because I boy do I have a story for you (laughs) honestly but yeah to your point about um people wanting to have an an anecdote that is what's that especially when I was younger that happened to me a lot of people always want to just tell you about this time that they went to Africa in inverted commas um, <laughs> and um, their travels and to their safari they don't they almost that's just what they wanted to do they'd almost want to just validate their own experiences they never usually wanted to actually know about your culture because often most people that I spoke to they'd only been to South Africa for instance and like I'd, I've never been to South Africa, so I couldn't. That's not a conversation I could have with them. <laughs> They'd always be so disappointed. <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh well, oh I went to I went to Africa once. I went to um," and I was like, "I'd always be like, okay, but where? Like where in Africa? 
Yeah, and like, like oh, 54 countries. Um, South Africa. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, I've never been. But I hope you had a, hope you had a lovely time. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a great way of being like, can't relate. Yeah. Like, this into my life. Cannot, cannot relate. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm sure it's, um, I'm sure it's a lovely place. Zimbabwe and South Africa have some similarities because um, I'm half Zimbabwean. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's always quite, it's always, it's always an interesting question. And especially as we grew up, how that, the meaning of it changed or what people wanted to, to know about us mm. changed when they asked that question. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I think also to that point again of how people want to validate their own experience is so interesting because like sometimes I'll I'll explain like oh I grew up moving around Africa like I lived in various different countries and people will almost use that as an experience to be like well wasn't it so dangerous there? Ugh. And like that's happened to me also in my workplace and it's so <laughs> weird because people want to talk about how violent these other parts of the world are but the second that you talk about the fact that okay well women aren't actually safe in any country by the mm. way you know uh trans people aren't safe in any country y- you try and say like the dangers exist in the same space that you're in now or in western countries and they're like don't talk to me about that and, like they don't want to hear mm. that some places are just as violent as others and actually living in the land of a of where colonization came from this country actually is more violent than a lot of the african countries that may have these quote-unquote uh gun problems or violent problems but also i'm just like when they say that i'm like okay don't go then i wasn't asking you to come (laughs) 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 they say that like i'm like oh my god no like i'm gonna (laughs) jump to defend and be like no 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 it's like such a great country and you should come like which which they are they are great countries but my my job is not to convince you to to visit the countries that I'm from like I don't care <laughs> and my, my job isn't to lift the blinders of your racism exactly and for you to just see the rest of the world yeah like, if you don't like it that's that's on you that's you go educate yourself on the the violence of um the colonizers and then come and talk to me about violence <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> the end no <laughs> obviously 100%. yeah no, there's um there's different ways i approach it that's not the way i, I approach everyone <laughs> making myself myself sound self sound like a horrible um person like unrelenting but sometimes there are just people that you need to just be like look you're taking up my energy and you're just doing it on purpose you're being purposely obtuse um and i don't have time for this Mm-hmm. snaps to that effect so how how has that kind of like shaped maybe how you've navigated your own identity and stuff like that <clears throat> um solves a bit of a big question yeah yeah i was like me 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 was not expecting this no <laughs> um how have i sh- how has it shaped my own identity um it's been I don't know. The question... Where <sighs> to begin? I mean, take that in whatever direction. I'm like trying. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, it's, you know, your brain just like fires off in loads of different directions and you're trying to collect your thoughts. But what I was going to say is growing up 
in a Brit in Britain as a British citizen, um, but having Nigerian and Zimbabwean parents, it, it has been quite difficult navigating what who I am, like what is yeah, who am I, what is my identity, what do I identify with, because I identify with loads of different things. Um and like the British part of me it's obviously quite strong because that's the majority of what I know. I've never lived in Nigeria or never lived in Zimbabwe. So it's harder to relate to certain parts of that and uh, then certain parts of me. Um, so, yeah, when that question comes, it is quite it is quite difficult because. Because I don't know a lot. I don't know huge amounts about the other parts of where I'm from, I guess, because I've, I never lived there. I feel like living there would have would have helped um but then again this is not to say my parents didn't fully immerse me in the Nigerian and Zimbabwean culture I felt like a very much baptism baptism of fire like <laughs> this is who you are love yourself <laughs> um so yeah it was it's it's a it's always a difficult one but I feel like as I grow older and grow to love myself more it's just become come easier more more natural and obviously I've got family in both those countries so there's never never a worry that I'll lose those um aspects of myself either yeah and like just because you know you've grown up here doesn't mean that you have like that the connection to Zimbabwe and to Nigeria are any less valid you know mm. exactly like that is still very much like a part of you even though it's not necessarily something that you've been as immersed in if you had grown up there Exactly, exactly. What about you? Oh, God, it's such a long question. <laughs> you asked um, it. <laughs> this I is know, your sorry. own fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am what is called a third culture kid. <clears throat> so that basically is, I think the official definition actually is someone that's grown up outside of their passport country. Um, so, and and that's not the same thing as being an immigrant or even a second gen, third gen immigrant, whatever. Um, it's it's different. So I, my parents, so like it's. I have to explain this in like the most weird way. Like my blood is like full Indian. Like my mum and dad are Indian, but my mum is Indian Kenyan. She was born in Kenya. My dad is Indian Zimbabwean. He was born in India, then moved to Zimbabwe when he was sixteen, but he has a Zimbabwean passport. Then we moved around Africa for the vast majority of well, like all of my growing up hood <laughs> and um, New word, I was it. in yeah so we lived in Nigeria, Tunisia Ke- uh, where was I born? okay I was born in the UK lived <laughs> in Zimbabwe then Ivory Coast, Nigeria and we just had like all of these connections to different parts of the world and we went to international American schools, which is why my accent is the way it is and why I understand American culture, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm as Indian, even though like I speak Gujarati and I eat Gujarati food every day and my family are Hindu and it's weird because I feel confused yes. <laughs> most of the time because then also I came to British boarding school and lived in like an Arab African country so I understand a little bit of Arab culture as well so it's it's weird because I don't feel 
any of those are fully mine and I don't feel like none of them are mine either. Yes. And I feel like basically the conclusion is we don't need borders because they make things a bit confusing (laughs) unnecessarily. (laughs) The conclusion is we should all be one human kind. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. You know, I'll take my beauty pageant award now. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Trying to vote for world peace. Um, But it's just a weird one because it's so complicated and it's, I don't know that it's, I don't know that there's like really one way to exist as a human. Yeah. Deep. A lol. (laughs) Did you say lol? Yeah, I did say lol. Um, But this idea of belonging, I think, is also interesting because I do have a British passport. I'm fully British, right? Yes. But it's, but but living in Britain, I think there's a lot of like conditionality. Yeah. Well, that's why I said about um, how when people ask the question, "Where are you from?" It's it's steeped in the assumption that you are not from Britain or that you're not, yeah, not from wherever they're asking wherever you are situated when they're, when they're asking um yeah and um it then you can then go deeper into that in quite a few instances where people's um identities or what they they think of themselves as british they are british uh, people then feel that they can just take that away just because they do not look how they feel a british person looks mm-hmm. um, and it can happen in like such a casual level as well as kind of like a deep level like for example I've been asked like oh where like I took a, I took a couple of days off work the other day for Diwali and I explained to one of my seniors that I was not going to be in work on whatever day and yeah. that I was going to go home that I had initially planned on going home for Diwali but obviously we can't because of Pandy and um Pandy and in he was the like pandemic. Pandy. <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> that took me a second. I was Balls. like, what? <laughs> the Pandy, Pandy the pandemic. Miss Rona. Um, yeah. Miss Rona. Pandy. Um, however you want to refer to it. Um and they were like, Oh, were you where were you uh oh, were you gonna have to travel abroad? And I was like, No, just to Birmingham. You know, so I think it, it that conditionality exists on that level yeah. as well as some kind of darker, deeper, horrible <laughs> darker, situations. Darker, deeper, horrible. Um, so like an example of a darker, deeper, horrible would be the the entire Windrush generation, um, in the fact that they there was was it the BBC documentary they did on it that people should watch Sitting in Limbo I'm pretty sure that's what it was called yeah very very brilliantly done I was fuming at the end (laughs) at the end of that like already angry at the the whole situation in the first place but then after watching that just you know it just reignites the fire of like um so yeah the entire Windrush generation and how the British government just there's just no words like they just didn't care they didn't want to care the way that they could just eradicate a whole group of group of people so callously 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 
callously, yeah. Um, in for no reason other than they just they just they yeah they'd messed up or they just didn't want them in the in the country anymore. When they when as it is as it's known like the Windrush generation and it's not even but I wouldn't even say it's one generation. It's multiple generations of people who are now here because of Windrush and then they were just so easily put to the side i just yeah you can tell i have no words because it makes me so angry but but it was so easy to devalidate unvalidate their britishness because they came from somewhere else even though that was a british colony and a lot of the british colonies um gave people british citizenship so you could be a british overseas citizen yeah and and that means that you are british yes essentially yeah exactly Um, but to then just say like nope we don't want you here anymore we're you're not our problem and these people were like what paying their taxes yeah they were you know they were contributing i mean even if you even if they weren't yeah society right like you didn't have to be contributing to society to be valid in that moment because you you were a citizen yeah so it's just wild um and even further to that like one of the more recent cases as well is um the shamima begum case Mm. and obviously she got groomed and then joined isis which is mm, so many problems with that yeah um but the fact that the what is his name sajid javed was so willing to be like well, you know, she's British Bengali or she can claim citizenship from Bangladesh and we're going to revoke her British citizenship Mm. is such a crazy thing to me because she had no connection to Bangladesh. And it's like this idea that you have to be on your best behavior in order to be an immigrant and British. Yeah, and just the fact that they felt that they could revoke her british citizenship like that was something that they could that they could do when she was born here like that she is a british citizen through and through there's no other there's no um how no stronger tie that you can have i think to a country than being born in the country when it comes to citizenship um so the fact that they felt that just because her grandparents or great grandparents or something had um, Bangladeshi ties, like they were from Bangladesh, that they could just be like, well, she's not a British citizen, British citizen anymore. Um, you know, Bangla- Bangladesh can take her when she has like, there's no family that lives there. Nothing. I just thought that was so, so telling of the, the, the times that we live in and the society that, the society that we live in and the problems that we are still facing um because yeah i just it's just yeah it's just wild to me that they felt that they could just take that away and this is not to at all to excuse what she did i think um you know obviously isis is a terrible terrible organization um and like she just you know whatever through the court she, she deserved she should be held accountable she should be held accountable but she the fact that they were like oh well we can just strip away her citizenship and you're like how like do you do that to all your prisoners do, do you do that to everyone who breaks the law do you just go oh you know what you we i don't know stole something 
So not that that's the same thing, but, you know, you've committed a crime. We're going to take away your citizenship now. No, they don't because they can't. So it's just the fact that they felt that they could in this was just very, very telling and very angering to me. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real problem, though, because when something like that happens and then you just get asked, like, where are you from? You And imagine now how Bangladeshi people feel, like British Bangladeshi people feel when this is how they're being treated. Yeah. And you're just like, how can you then not feel the incredible weight that, that question can sometimes bring? Because you have all of this context mm. that's not being acknowledged, that's not being talked about that's it's so and it sits on you it sits on your chest yes and also because there'd be there's so many people out there who I remember at the time were like well if she didn't commit a crime then like none of this would have happened if she didn't but that's not the case because the Windrush generation are also being told that their British citizenship is being revoked and they didn't and and that's an entire generation of people who didn't commit crimes so nothing yeah so that's not the case so it's it's weird because like okay on one hand you're like are we only allowed this access through these conditions? Yeah. Or do the conditions not even matter because fundamentally it doesn't matter? Like, the, it just is racist. Yeah, well, yeah, right? exactly. I was, I, was, I, was, I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but yeah, it is that they, they, they claim that there are these conditions when actually it's just a cloak over there overt racism yeah um and the conditions should never have existed in the first place exactly um but yeah that is a shitty shitty situation (laughs) yeah but on a more positive note (laughs) i don't know how we swing so so easily it's it's, i mean okay sometimes i i think that's also just a method of being like i need to coping Save my brain space, yeah. save my energy. Otherwise, we'll just go into a Can't deep, deep expand. hole and um, be sad for the rest of the evening. We can't have that. Um, so, what are like the more positive things that you love about being someone that's like got multiple cultures behind behind Annabelle? Um, seasoning. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, <laughs> I thought I'd just bring that. us swiftly out of that hole into like humour. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kalechi would be proud. <laughs> she would. Um, Shout out to Kalechi. No, but seriously, seasoning is <laughs> is something I love about my culture. Um, no, just just the fact that I can access um, different cultures and I have ties to them is something I love. Like the different music we have, the different dances and when I tell my friends about how or like different traditions so I tell my friends about how my um like Nigerian weddings you don't have you don't just have one you have like two maybe three it depends like um two weddings and then maybe more than two celebrations and I was like yeah and you like you don't just enter the hall as Mr and Mrs Blah um you enter and then you like dance down the aisle and the whole bridal party is part of it. And there's like a, there's like a whole thing and there's it's just everything. It's just a massive celebration. It's very different to um, a lot of British um, weddings. It's just, I just love the different, um, the just the so many different aspects to my culture. I love, I love that they're, 
different languages, even though my parents did not teach me <laughs> their um, respective languages, which I have berated them about to this day. I'm always like, you know, I could be trilingual and I am uno lingual. I don't understand what went wrong here. But um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I love, I love, I love all of it. Languages, music, culture. The countries themselves are beautiful. The people are great. I just, it's just a fab. We're fab. Hundred percent. What about you? Absolutely. I I, I think hundred percent seasoning is <laughs> because honestly, Flavor. what is life without spice? It's I'm not interested in. It. Oh my god, I tweeted that a while ago. Did you? I tweeted that I um <laughs> I didn't trust people that owned less than ten spices, <laughs> and someone basically nearly tried to start an argument I, maybe i'm i'm being hyperbolic probably no, they but they were like what about um what about different types of salt and i was like uh babe salt is a mineral <laughs> um and they were like well i have like seven different types of salt and i was like um why are you fighting me the only person you need to fight is your Yourself? seasoning cupboard right now because <laughs> why is this wow. the hill you're dying on as well i have seven different types of salt i've got himalayan <laughs> Sea salt. <laughs> this is, right? Oh my gosh. I was like, okay, like, so again, I'm not the person you need to fight right now. You need to fight your own taste buds. So. Wow. Actually, um, that's one of the things yeah. um, I loved when I moved into my flat. Um, I moved in through Spare Room, Big Up Spare Room. But um, when I came to view it, um, they have like two spice racks, two really big spice racks. And I was like, you are my people. <laughs> Love we move sorry go on what else were you saying um i just yeah i really enjoy like i i'm not gonna lie sometimes i feel like i struggle with figuring out what my identity is um but i do enjoy being able to explore that a little bit and like you said like there's so much that we haven't necessarily been exposed to that yeah exists out there and something that we used to do at international schools was we'd have like these and oh, something that I loved about international schools was that we would it was like a, it was like the pride of the school that there was like 60 or 70 different nationalities being represented in the school and it was it was something to be so proud and of and to celebrate and we yeah. have these like international days where everyone would like dress up in their cultural attire and like bring food from and like the and families would come and like bring food and there would be like you know the Ethiopia stall and then there'd be like the Malaysia stall Love and that. there'd be like the Colombia stall and and there would be so much just genuine exchange of like oh this is what we eat this is how we make it this is what we wear this is what we do uh, to celebrate this type of festival and it, because there was so much celebration of it it never felt like there was a it was a costume or it never felt like you were a token of any kind and i just really enjoy that and i feel like that's something british schools could probably start doing a lot more of for sure because how are you going to go across the entire planet and not land on 22 countries but land everywhere else and then not represent who actually is part of the commonwealth or who actually makes up the rest of the world right like you've been around the world can you please just ex like not tell them that they have to assimilate you know like, yeah to celebrate those differences and to I mean it sounds super cheesy but you know we move I used to ask my mum when I was a kid growing up I'd be like mum people ask me where I'm from what do I say and she used to give me like the most 
cheesy, cheesy, cheesy answer. She'd be like, just tell them that you're a global citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and I love my mom, but I was like, I'm never saying that, ever. <laughs> but it's crazy because now, like, I'm older and I'm like, oh my God, is that the only way I can describe myself? <laughs> Well, guys, you heard it here first. If ever you're asked where you're from, you just say you're a global citizen. <laughs> yeah, it's stunning. Thank you, mom. Snaps <laughs> for my mom. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of I Saw You Like This. A big thank you to Season for producing all the music on this podcast. That's S-E-A-Z-N. They are a wonderful sibling duo who are making some pretty, pretty sick beats. So check them out if you can. As always, we had a lot of fun recording this, so we hope you enjoyed listening as well. Please give us a follow on our Instagram page. Um, the at is just, I saw you liked this. Um, and there you can DM us, let us know what you thought of the episode. And also tell us if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about. But until then, see you next week soon around <laughs> <laughs>